0: Hello and good evening. Good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to Not Only But Also, I'm Nicole Cottrell. And I am the vivacious and curvaceous Renee Ronica
1: Bahati Yes. So I will tell you straight up no chaser that I am gonna be stone sober this episode stone no no sugar no wine no anything because this is probably to date going to be the hardest episode I've ever done because this is the issue this is my issue this is the thing that has been a plague to me since 1980 and and I was three in 1980 and but you know what you're gonna get you're going to get everything I want to tell you, but you're going to get my all. That's what you're yes. going
0: to get. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah. So we're talking about under the big umbrella topic of body image. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I know, everything. And we've titled this
1: Body Insecurity, but Also Confidence. Because, But we originally wanted to do Body Confidence, but Also Insecurity. But we switched it around and, put, and front-loaded the insecurity because we're really going to be talking about the insecurities, but we want to get, and it's, this is going to be at least a two-parter, we are going to get to the confidence part. Because I will say in the last five years, be, for a lot of reasons, which we will talk about, probably we'll get there in part two, so make sure you stay tuned, Is is how we got to the confidence. Mm-hmm. But because you go from one to the other. But sometimes you can go from confidence to insecurity too.
0: Absolutely, that's probably more my story.
1: Is it? That's Mm -hmm. interesting. I went, no, yeah, I definitely went from insecurity to confidence. I went from, well, it happened at such a young age for me that I don't know that I ever got a choice in the matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So body image, this is according to do something, is the way that someone perceives their body and assumes that others perceive them. Mm -hmm. This is huge, That's right. It's not... It's not how people actually see you. It's how you perceive others to mm-hmm. see you. Now, where this becomes problematic is when you have bullying and people actually making comments. Right. Whether they're children or your parents or parents-in-law, any of those things. The, this image is often affected by family, friends, social pressure, and the media.
0: hmm
1: So we did poll you and about 60 of you participated, which was fantastic. We want to say thank you. And it was heartbreaking. I did allow myself to cry this afternoon in reading some of your stories and seeing some of the stats that came through and just knowing, like preparing for this and saying, okay, I'm going to cry. So I may cry and I'm not going to apologize, uh, but I did get it out earlier and we'll see. But in looking at... No, go ahead. In looking at body image, oftentimes it's most connected to self-esteem. And all of this, and we'll talk about this today, low self-esteem can lead to eating disorders, early sexual activity, mm-hmm. or not, surprising. no sexual activity. Mm-hmm. Also not surprising. Substance use, suicidal thoughts. And these are some more negative outcomes. And this is from breakbingeating.com. Depressive anxiety, symptomology, increased Mm -hmm. risk of suicidal thoughts. Some of these will be overlapped. Low self-esteem again. Interpersonal problems, alcohol and drug use and abuse. Reduced physical activity. Oh, maybe you feel so down that you can't get back up. Loss of sex drive. We just talked about the orgasm gap and we talked about this. Stress, social, social isolation. Decreased motivation to seek help perfectionistic tendencies and repetitive negative thoughts.
0: That's all attached to low self-esteem. All of this is
1: attached to low self-esteem, which is thus attached to body, body image. image, right? So oftentimes poor body image or body
0: image issues lead to self-esteem which leads to all of those yeah, things. Makes sense. So I was thinking before we were recording about just even the phrase self-esteem is such an american yeah terminology i mean (laughs) there's so much of this i think about if we were to travel to other countries i'm not talking about western countries i'm talking about non-western countries and talk to people about self-esteem it's such a bizarro concept if you really break it down and then you take it further and think about body image and if you were to ask certain peoples in the world body they there's not even a concept of body image yeah. because of the culture that they live in they don't need to even have an image of their body their body is their body so the self esteem piece though is just weird to me and i was thinking about does scripture actually have anything to say about self esteem and it's i think there are some varied opinions on it based on how people can interpret scripture but you know there's verses like you know, let the Lord be your confidence or find your confidence in the Lord, those kinds of ideas. That is very, a very Christian idea would be to say, you're going to find your confidence outside of yourself. And so you wouldn't esteem yourself. And so you wouldn't have self-esteem and you would think of others. But I was also thinking of Jesus said, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm -hmm. And, Again, there's a lot of different interpretation about that and you have to take into consideration cultural context and all these things. But was he saying, hey, we tend to love ourselves, so you should love your neighbor like you already tend to love yourself? Or was he saying it's more natural to just love yourself? It should just be natural, so it should be more natural for you to love your neighbor? I don't think it was that one because there's not anything really natural about loving our neighbor. That's That at the time was a radical concept that mm-hmm. Jesus was even sharing. So to me, it seems more like, hey, you already naturally love yourself. Like you're good at meeting your needs. You're good at doing the things you know you need to do for yourself. You should extend that kind of thoughtfulness, thoughtfulness to your neighbor. And then I started thinking about, well, how how have we just lost that thoughtfulness for ourselves mm. and that natural what Jesus was referring to, just kind of innate ability to love ourselves?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I as you were talking, I didn't even situate it in a biblical context because I think cross culturally there there is a lot of nuance a nuance. I know in certain African Communities, women right before they get married, they have to drink this super fattening milk mm-hmm. in order to get, like, really? to gain about a hundred pounds right. because that's considered beautiful. That's right. And I do know across the Middle East and even parts of India, the color that the your skin tone mm-hmm. can make a difference, and lighter skin Absolutely. is preferable. And so sometimes that can lead in. I think that there, there are the the system, systemic and systematic issues that happen that kind of perpetuate the caste system, which the United States has. Isabel Wilkerson, caste, everybody should read it. It talks a lot about the socioeconomics here, but not necessarily physical. But I think that maybe people accept it as being part of culture and don't necessarily internalize it mm-hmm. like we do in the United States. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the internalization maybe is actually more selfish. Mm-hmm. And maybe it taps into what Jesus is talking about. Um, I'm, I'm processing it out. That No, I think that's really good. You know, not even being able to, I can't treat others like I treat myself because it would be abusive. Mm-hmm. That's right, and we do have two thousand a year span of a, all sorts of technological advancement and societal advancement, more countries than we've ever had. All of this, which I think does tap into what Jesus was saying, but I think if at the heart of if Jesus's message, it's you are, you are totally loved. For exactly who you are, but your coming to me will allow you to be free from all of your insecurities. Yeah, and where I think that is seen most readily, especially relating to women, is looking at the woman at the well, who Mm -hmm. was super insecure and ostracized because of all of her partners judged and shamed, and and the fact that she wasn't married. Right. And then the woman with an issue of bleeding also was Mm -hmm. judged an outcast Mm -hmm. and had spent every last penny trying to fix her issue, which Mm -hmm. your period back then was a total ostracization Mm -hmm. uh, factor. Still happening in India, by the way. And um, in parts of India, not Mm -hmm. all of India. But... um, so I and but so Jesus allowed gave them a freedom in having them come into their true identities that were apart from their insecure identities. Mm, that's good. I think that's the beauty of Jesus. When I yeah. think about the relevancy of Jesus and people are like, well, why is it relevant to have a relationship with Jesus? I think it's because he sets us free from our insecurities. Mm-hmm. Not that that's the be-all end-all of the relationship with God, but I think that that's a really good story. It's one gift
0: that he gives, absolutely. Because
1: being set free from our insecurities allows us to do the work of the kingdom.
0: Yeah, and when he's talking about loving your neighbor, I mean, that was what he was directing then people to do. You had touched on. When we kind of even reach a point of um, self What's the word I want? Where it's just self, self, selfishness, but also just this constant inward looking, inward looking, inward looking. It's really easy to... Forget about loving other people outside of
1: yourself. It's interesting because the word that comes to mind for that is Mm self-consciousness. And you think self-consciousness might be because you're shy or this Mm -hmm. or that. But self-consciousness, and I am no psychologist, but self-consciousness really is rooted in a lot of narcissism. Absolutely. Because you're constantly thinking whether you mean to or not. That's right. What are other people thinking about me? How do I look? Mm-hmm. What what can I do differently? Should mm-hmm. I talk differently? Should I act differently? Should I have done my makeup differently? That's right. Does this outfit look good? Yep. And I will say self-consciousness has been a plague of mine for a long time and I
0: try I feel like I've gotten better, but sometimes I just can't help myself. I mean, I think all of us that's a normal response. Our brains do that. But the point is still, I mean, and we're agreeing on the point is at a certain point it becomes harmful. Yeah, 100%. To other people, though, and prevents you from being able to love other people, it becomes just purely you. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, I think, take self-esteem taken to this, like, American extreme becomes that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, people get wrapped up in it. They do. And it...
1: I, we are going to, toward the end of the conversation, we're going to unpack a lot of this and talk about a new way of looking at body confidence, a new way of of saying, "Look, <laughs> enough is enough. It is no longer okay for us to be saturated in these insecurities. But let's talk about what these can lead to eating disorders. Approximately 91%, according to DoSomething.org, of women are unhappy with their bodies and resort to dieting to achieve their ideal body shape.
0: That's a high high number. High
1: number. Um, Eating disorders are unhealthy relationships with food that may include fasting, constant dieting, binging, and purging. And more than one-third of the people who admit to, quote, normal dieting that actually merges into pathological dieting. Mm -hmm. And roughly one-fourth of those will suffer from a partial or full-on eating disorders. And 95% of people with eating disorders are between the ages of 12 and 25. Now, with those of you who wrote in, the statistics here, uh, 33% of you said, yes, you do have an eating disorder. But 98% of you said that you have struggled with a negative body image. Mm -hmm. There's one more thing that not many people talk about that I have to talk about here is exercise disorder. Mm -hmm. 20% of you mentioned, yes, you do have had an exercise disorder. And what that means is constant exercising or the calorie, exercising, exercise disorders usually come along with eating disorders because it's for every calorie in, you've got to have a calorie out. Mm-hmm. Or it's just, it's um, it's called exercise anorexia. I can't remember what it's called.
0: Yeah, it's a term similar to that. Yeah,
1: it's some sort of term. I can't remember where it's just exercise, exercise, exercise for the sake of making sure that you don't gain a pound.
0: Okay, so before we jump all the way into eating disorders, I was feeling like maybe, do we talk a little bit about our own body images or some of those things in our life that helped contribute to body image? (laughs) Because... I was going to weave my story in because eating disorders, check. Cosmetic surgery, check. But that doesn't necessarily directly apply to me. So like I can talk in it with you. I mean, I have some things to share regarding that, but you want to just weave, then just weave. No, I don't want it to just be about all my stories. I know. Okay,
1: so Nicole, let's stop here. This is a huge issue for me but for you, has it been for you?
0: I mean, a huge issue, no. Um, it has not. And I think like we mentioned briefly at the very beginning that um, I probably grew up feeling pretty secure by my body. I really did not have negative body thoughts. I didn't really have negative body um ideas it just was not really and i honestly i say this saying i actually don't even understand how that's possible i grew up dancing i did ballet and jazz and all of this and i did not have the typical ideal body type for that right like i had too much of a booty my thighs were too thick too as in right for ballerina right Mm -hmm. for the for the um western standard um but I didn't have, I didn't have a monologue in my mind of running of negative thoughts around my body. And I've, I've thought about this a lot as an adult, because so many of my friends and so many women that I know, and even men have, that I know have struggled with body image. And I, I've asked myself like, well, what, what happened? Why did that, skip over me. Now, that's not to say it didn't come because it did come because I had babies and then your body changes and all of this other stuff happened. But for the large part of my life and my mom really never said anything about my body. I don't have a memory of her ever saying one thing really ever, which I think kind of just let me live in this neutral zone. Yeah. I didn't have super positive. I wasn't like Yay! Everything's great, and I feel one hundred percent confident all the time. But I didn't have a negative mindset either, and I think my mom just omitting anything about my body contributed to, definitely contributed to me feeling healthier in my mindset. However, I've also thought, what if she had said some positive things? Mm. If she wasn't just quiet, but what if she had actually? said positive things and we'll talk about that towards the end of the episode where we want to share about our own ideas about parenting and how we want to speak over our children's bodies and what we would hope to say and not say um so that was really my experience for a long time and then you know then I had babies and then that changes it does change
1: also did you have a lot of people telling you you were beautiful
0: Um, no, well, I had, it's kind, it's a little more, it's a little more than that. Um, I really didn't have anyone tell me I was beautiful, like that word, until one of my very serious boyfriends late in high school, who I dated in college as well. No one had ever really said that to me. Generally, I... Generally it was like vulgar terms. Yeah. No one was like, you're beautiful. That's not what I heard from boys and men. Or I had inappropriate, much older dudes ask me out knowing my age and not caring Gross. how old I was. Um, so I think that I actually yeah, like I was at the mall one time with my aunt and i was 13 so at 13 i had i was as tall as i am now right we've talked about this i had boobs i had hips i was f- like full grown 13 i looked like a woman i did and that's difficult yeah and i was the same way but i way. know we've talked about it and that's a whole it absolutely messes with your body image and this guy came up to me in some store and was like, hey, hey, and was talking to me. And then he he asked me out on a date. And my aunt kind of, by then she had already kind of scooped in next to me. And she was like, oh, no, she's 13. And he said, oh, that's okay. Gross. Disgusting. And so that's burned in my brain. Like, you when you're a girl, which I was, you start to think, did I do something yeah. to make that happen? Was I... Dress a certain way? Am I putting out some kind of vibe? I'm like, no, obviously. Now I I was just being a thirteen year old girl child, um. But that definitely those kinds of experiences definitely made me more careful in how I interacted with men in yeah. general, and how I dressed. Yeah, hmm. I did not like to wear anything form fitting or low cut or Short ever yeah, same because I did not want that kind of attention.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because the very similar kinds of thing happened where kids. I mean, sure, a few kids had crushes on me and things like that. But for the, for the most part, it was relentless. The, the 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 bullying was relentless. Mm. Gosh. I was called. I mean, I'll talk about this in a little bit later, but it was just it was. Awful, how mean! Now, and another thing, knowing that I'm an Enneagram four, I I'm like, did that actually happen, or was I? Did it? Was it all amplified mm. because of how I already felt about myself, and maybe a little bit of both could happen, yeah. because I know that I probably th- I'm so much harsher on myself mm-hmm. than I think, um, than I feel like other people are. With that said, there was a lot of shitty things that happened to me I as I mean, a kid. But you're still, I mean, even
0: if it was amplified, you're still as a child processing it in the in and at the level that you're experiencing it, yeah. whether that's coming through through the also through the filter of your mind or not. Yep. And then that doesn't change the harm that it did.
1: No, it doesn't. Right. And my you know, my mom struggled. She was always she had the, always had this Great figure, mm-hmm. and lost her baby weight. all of these things. She and my dad have had a very volatile relationship. Mm-hmm. They're still married. They've been married. what the, the, oof, coming up on forty five years. But she's as 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 his alcoholism, uh, increased her weight gain mm-hmm. increased and because of her, her resentment. And this was always a focal point in her life mm-hmm. of her insecurity. So at a very young age, it was something that she talked to me about. Right. You were researching those messages. am I bigger than that woman? Is that woman smaller oh. than me? Am I you know and so I was always scrutinizing other bodies to see. <laughs> then as it relates to eating disorders, and I've mentioned this on many episodes already because of the molestation that was happening. There was one summer where I lived with the cousin who had been mm-hmm. abusing me. And I coped by eating. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. I just, I went to sweets and cakes. I would bake these amazing cakes and everybody would love them and then I would eat them. Mm-hmm. So the summer between fifth and sixth grade, I think, or sixth and, it couldn't have been sixth and seventh, fifth and sixth grade, I gained like 20 or 30 pounds. Mm-hmm and oh kids were relentless kids were Aww. relentless i already had other things happening like my skin color and right. the size of my nose which we'll talk about mm-hmm. that was a huge issue mm-hmm. but that weight gain that's when it started and then so my mom and i started going on diets together oh. and it was just it was it was a, a vicious cycle that started at that age now the but and the attention that i got was always from older men mm-hmm. Which just fueled That's right. that issue that I'm not actually wanted unless it's for sex. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I knew they were so smarmy and gross. Yeah. And and then the guys who did like me, it was because I was smart mm-hmm. or I was cool, yeah. but it was never because I was beautiful. Yeah. And that fucking sucked.
0: Yeah. absolutely. And I- It's also, I mean, it's also false. Yeah, I can see that
1: now. But then, I mean, I had a boyfriend in in high school who was like, th- and he was not even that attractive. Okay, <laughs> and in my opinion. And he was like, yeah, my friends don't want me dating you because they say you're cool and smart and everything, but you're not that good looking. <gasps> oh yeah, he said this to me. And I just internalized it. I just internalized it. And I was like, well, I don't blame them for thinking that. Because at that point, you know that was that was what I had kind of grown to know. Or guys would come over to talk to me because I was enthusiastic and boisterous and all of these mm-hmm. kinds of things because they wanted to date my friends. Mm-hmm. And that and my first kiss happened on a dance floor at a discotheque in France. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't until I went to Europe. That's exactly at 16 right. sixteen, that and you realized. At eighteen and twenty, yep. that I was like, oh, I am desirable.
0: Oh, actually, I am actually beautiful. Yeah. Americans are idiots pieces of shit
1: yeah so especially guys in the 90s
0: first of all you wore jean shorts oh no with sneakers you wore jean shorts with your ass hanging out the back (laughs) your belt underneath your cheeks that and then the shorts past your knees and then there was three inches of lower leg yeah that was a look
1: so yeah, so I didn't eat very healthy because I didn't know how to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. And then I finally realized like ex- I realized exercise really helped because I also had depression. And that helped and I got my you know in in but then graduate school uh, right after college, I I had a heartbreak, a devastation. And uh, I'm writing a book about it that'll probably be out out in the next 25 to 30 years (laughs) uh, about what that did to me. Not the devastation, but moving into fundamentalism, what that did. And fundamentalism, I internalized the message that my sex drive, my body, my beauty was to be canceled. Right, in honor of God. And my... My intellect, fine. That shouldn't even be be centered. Only no. my relationship with Jesus should that's be centered. It, correct. And that's when I gained about forty or fifty pounds, mm-hmm. and I think that that was like a buffer for me to, um, to shield myself.
0: I mean, it is it is known, and and you had even touched on it when you were talking about between fifth and sixth grade, a lot of. Children and then, you know, as adults who are sexually abused gain weight subconsciously, even yeah. to buffer themselves, to become less desirable because somewhere the message in your mind says, I was desired in this way that was devastatingly an evil. And so I'm going to now change my body to protect myself from anyone ever having any inclination about me like that ever again. So children do that. I mean, you did that as even as a child, even though you were eating for to cope, which is what it does. And then it it continues. I mean, that's, unfortunately, that's very common. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. it's
1: true. And I think, you know, and then the, the, weight, the weight gain in elementary school, because I was so curvy in junior high, it kind of all weighed mm-hmm. out. So I wasn't overweight until grad school. And then I lost all of that weight very, very quickly. I don't know how. But here's the story of where it all turned around. Not for the good. <laughs> I was so ashamed living in New York. I was in New York with, and I worked with really, really famous people. And I was just and and that whole culture that hollywood oh, new york yeah. rich culture it's all based on image mm-hmm. so i worked really hard i was you know i was leading a lot of things i was the editor in chief of the literary magazine i was one of the senior coordinators for a writers conference i got put in charge of amy tan and Diane weist like they gave me all of the responsibilities i had to babysit really famous people's right. children <laughs> right while everybody else got wasted
0: yeah.
1: but my the desirability for me was never there because mm-hmm. and i had and I had kind of allowed that to happen mm-hmm. by cloaking with weight, and then I lost all this weight, and then I got all this attention, right, mm-hmm. but losing that weight made me think, well, now I'm getting this positive attention, mm-hmm. yeah, so now it was checking every calorie mm-hmm. it was exer, it was over exercising it was all of these things mm-hmm. until I was at Le grande orange i was twenty seven it was two thousand and four. And I watched from across the patio, this woman savor every bit of her food. Mm -hmm. She was eating the eggs and the bread. And I was like, she's eating it all. (laughs) And she, and her body was great, right? Mm -hmm. She was just, I mean, she wasn't too thin, too fat. She was great. She was went regular. And I just was like, I was so, so I remember savoring my food like that, but my savoring my food meant I would be fat. Yeah. So – Enjoying I I just – I was so jealous. Like, God, I just want to enjoy my food like that. Mm-hmm. But I can't. Yeah. So then I went to the bathroom. And it was – it's a one-person bathroom. I don't know if it still is, but back then it was. And she, this lady who I'd seen savoring her food comes out of the bathroom. And I knew that yeah. she had just vomited She all just it off. of her food. And I was like, that's it. That's my solution. uh So then from 2004 until I had my first daughter in 2009, Mm -hmm. I was a hardcore bulimic. Mm -hmm. I savored all my food Mm -hmm. and then I coughed it all up for years.
0: And did the people around you know that this was happening? Yeah. My
1: brother did and my mom did. And they, I mean, the way they handled it was aggressive. Yeah. It wasn't surprising. like, it was just, mm-hmm. well, we need to be careful because I don't know who's listening. No, I but got
0: you. I know it was an aggr- your people, I so, so I know yeah. exactly it was an what aggressive, you mean.
1: It was an aggressive way of handling it that didn't
0: didn't cause me to stop. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily a loving No,
1: and it was response. what they thought, and it was also the family right. dynamic, keeping in mind that I was from a very volatile home right. where you – shouting at people and telling them how shitty they are yeah. is the MO for getting them mm-hmm. to do better
0: and it doesn't help it doesn't help no, in fact it it actually it does work. Help, helps lead to situations like the one you so that's my whole story found yourself in. no that's not,
1: that ends there i mean it's <laughs> the, the end I, yeah no. no and do i my my bulimia was the worst um about 4 or 5 years ago it got really bad again and and then I started taking a medication for anxiety and depression. And if you are bulimic on that medication, mm-hmm. you can have a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So, in the last five years, I have it's been at the lowest, but once or twice a year, if I indulge a little too much,
0: do you feel like your brain gets triggered like you have a response like, I need to do this? I'm. I mean to say, like it feels it's out of your control, or do you feel that you make the decision? I need to do this.
1: There. Are, so I equate. Both. I equate food and drink and all of that with fun, mm-hmm. and the most in the times when I have the most in, like the times in my life when I'm the most happy are usually when I'm a little heavier, mm-hmm. because it's just it means I am enjoying life, right. So sometimes when I feel like I've overindulged and just said, F it, I'm just going to have the brownie and I'm going to have the wine, and I'm going to have this. And then I think, oh, shit. Yeah, I had this. What have I just done? Mm -hmm. I'm going to pay for this for at least a week. That's what will spiral me is the shit. I'm going to have to pay for So what's
0: the pay for it? Extra weight? Yeah, extra weight.
1: So now I'm going to have to spend a week eating less. It's the same thing, eating less, exercising more, Mm -hmm. watching everything that goes into my mouth. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's
0: exhausting. It is exhausting.
1: And it, I am in, I am there. I'm not bulimic anymore, but I am there. I yeah. am still in that. And I, in fact, I, I'm going on along here, but I don't actually care. You know, there is a, an in-law that I have. And listen, it's never ending, people. 29 years old, a man wants to marry me. Greg wants to marry me. And a very important man in his life Said to him, uh, when Greg said, I think I'm in love with Renee. Because mm-hmm. we were friends for four years. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he said to this, uh, Greg said to this man, I think I'm in love with Renee and I want to marry her. And this man said, wow, well, everybody else, and he points real low, is here. And Renee is up here. Meaning like way, way high. He's like, compared to everybody else, Renee's is amazing. Mm-hmm. which is It's true and true. <laughs> I could use a lot of swears there. I didn't know which one to use. So he said, but oh, her mom is it. fat. I hate it so much. I hate it so much. And so you have to realize that by marrying Renee, you might end up with a fat
0: lady and you have to count that cost. It is the most vile bullshit. Also, Really from yeah. him? Really? Well, he's actually a very no, good no, man. It
1: doesn't matter. Yeah, I know. And so I have to see this man in three weeks. Uh-huh. So guess who's not eating any sugar or drinking Listen, any wine me. until then?
0: I gave you my speech when I saw you on Saturday <laughs> about this situation. And I'll give you my speech now on this podcast. If you do or don't put one piece of fucking food in your mouth because of this man. <laughs> yeah. I know. No, absolutely I know. It's so not. True. I know. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. I know. It's he true. has no power over your body image, who you are, what you do, how you look, how you feel, how you love yourself, how you love your husband. Absolutely not. Yeah. In no way. I know. It sucks. No, it, it sucks. does suck. And he sucks, but that's a separate conversation. He's got his own problems. He has I know. clearly he has his own problems. Yeah. So I'm saying the projection of a of a A mentality like that, which is actually like a sickness, that's a sick mentality, the projection of that onto another person, let alone a family member, Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother thing. But what I'm saying is you don't get to let his sickness Affect your mental health it's and true. choices. It's true, and I'm getting so much better. I know you are. But I say
1: that knowing it's, it's that like baby you steps.
0: are. It's baby steps. I'm just also really pissed.
1: I'm pissed too. And you know what? I talked with other women who are part of the family. It's so interesting. None of us is like naturally thin. Mm-hmm. None of us is yeah. like the ideal according to this person. Right there, and we all have major so body up. dysphoria. We all have major eating disorders. All so of this connected up. very much to that person's judgment.
0: Also, oh, it's so, so
1: angry. All it's of us. And so I, mean, we, I, I got them all together. We pow out, And I was like, listen, It's girls, also, we need to talk about
0: this. The damage, I mean, just even the collective damage and generational damage that's done by those kinds of messages from a man to a young woman inside of a family is staggering. I mean, these are the things when we think about the power of what we say and what is or isn't communicated to us. And even just between our stories that we share at the very beginning, my mom just never really said anything. And my dad, I was thinking as you were sharing, my dad never said anything about my body either. I mean, I have no memory of him yeah. ever saying anything. Maybe if I tried on something, he'd be like, that looks nice. I mean, that is the extent. No one commented on my weight. Nothing ever. That's amazing. Because and and mine then was the you're opposite. and then you're talking with your mom and she's like asking you for your opinion and comparing herself to other women's bodies, and you're making this as a child, you're having to do this, and then you're dieting together. I just feel like it's just a reminder of the importance of what we speak. Like yeah. speaking life. Versus speaking death. I mean, truly,
1: truly, that is that is what it comes down to. Yeah. And now, and we'll talk about this toward the uh, the end of, of the second episode. You know, I've already flubbed with Ariel, my mm-hmm, oldest. Mm-hmm. I've already allowed her to see too many of my insecurities. I've already I'll, I've already allowed it. Mm-hmm. Now, my middle Eva is kind of you know she's in her Eva land, which I love. Ariel pays attention to everything. Right. Ariel is so confident. Ariel, Ariel is, at 11, is the person I wish that I could have been my whole yeah. life. He, Ariel looks just like me, and yeah. she's so fucking beautiful. She is. And I think like, I look at her and I think, you're lovely. You're mm-hmm. altogether lovely. Mm-hmm. And when everybody sees her, they see me. Yeah,
0: that's true.
1: And I, so seeing her has been healing, but I also don't want to put any of my shit on her. Right. Because God forbid, mm-hmm. right? And I know that I've already fucked up a lot. Sorry, sorry, Evan. This meant lots of E's. But um, <laughs> Evan does a good job. Listen, all my swears are going to be my swears because I need to swear. But uh, anyway, yeah, and I, I think it, it's, this is so, like, deep and talking about this. And I think at the end of my
0: life, I'm going to eat the fucking brownie. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to eat it. You're going to eat it and you're going <sighs> to savor it and enjoy it and I not know. have shame about eating it.
1: I don't, I don't know, though. Because even as I
0: say that, I'm saying that being yes,
1: but I know inside it might still be a no.
0: Listen, even if it is, even if at the end of the day, it ends up being none of this is all tied up with a pretty ribbon. I don't think, first of all, saying it out loud is so amazingly powerful. And we prayed before this episode and we don't always pray before episodes. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But we prayed before this the episode. The more scared we are. The more nervous or like unsure <laughs> of what we're going to say or we have like.
1: Or we know like some stuff is going right. to come.
0: Or it's like family related or whatever. We pray. But we prayed before this episode and I I really felt like this was going to be healing for someone in particular who's going to listen to this. It's going to be really healing. it's more than just no, one. No, no. I think it is more than one, but I know for sure at least one person. And, and also I was saying healing for you sharing it. It's so important to say it out loud. But again, even in following Jesus, and He does these things, and we go to therapy, and we have these conversations with our friends, and we work on our stuff. It doesn't mean it all just gets totally fixed ever. And I mean, I'm okay with that. I think we have to be okay with that. I think progress in the direct and directionally where we're moving. Hmm. Most often has to be good enough. Yeah, you're right. And I think every day
1: in which, because look, I can also use food as a sabotage. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. know. And then I would like you to yes, talk about right. this. Yes, that's right. I'm too. raising my hand. That's I my can thing. also sometimes indulge too much because I'm escaping. Mm-hmm, yeah. I can say, I can be like, I worked really hard today. I'm going to, I'm going to, it's not usually drink. It's usually chocolate or chips or something. Or I, I, um, so that's another thing. God, I totally lost my train of thought, but is just also, I want to live every day having a healthy relationship with my food. Mm-hmm. Where it's, if I want the potato chip, and I've been there, I have been yeah. there. You know, 2020 was an interesting year because it was a lot more sedentary. And I do have this like step goal that I like to reach because I can be highly <laughs> competitive with myself. But I lowered my step goal by 2,000 steps this year. I know, and I was so
0: proud of you. Yeah, and I I did that. I couldn't actually believe that happened. Well, I
1: did that because I knew you're going to spiral yourself into an eating disorder. If
0: your step goal is this thing that you can't reach every day. So
1: March of 2020, I said, no, Mm -hmm. Renee, you're not doing this. And March of 2020, I was at a higher weight than I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And I was like, nope, you're not... I would rather and i said this i would rather because i was stepping into so many dreams yeah and i'm like you're not gonna self-sabotage correct you're not going to do this and so you're gonna lower your step goal Mm -hmm. and you're just gonna be okay Mm -hmm. and look was it a little bit more difficult to be yeah you know why because i hate having my tummy hang over my undies All right. I like it to be a little bit flat. (laughs) And I just, I don't want to buy new clothes because I'm cheap as hell. (laughs) And so for me, being a certain weight allows me to stay in the clothes that I like and that I've spent money on and that I don't want to have to, I hate. I hate grocery shopping, <laughs> I hate shopping, I hate wasting my time, I like clicking and whatever. Clicking. And I know at a certain weight, when I click, it comes and it fits. Yes. So I do like it for that practicality. Well, yeah, of course. So this past year, I really have... now. I, I, you know, I've indulged a little the last few weeks. And I honestly, because of the, the muffin top, I want to go back down. But honestly, is it a little bit because of that man that I'm going to see a little bit? But is it mostly because I want to empower myself? better not be a single bit. I'm going to be super honest.
0: I know you're being honest. So I'm being honest. So
1: before it was 100% because of him.
0: <sighs> now it's
1: maybe like 1% him and 99% because I want to wear my favorite jeans
0: again i have a lot of thoughts about what you just said i i feel like i'm gonna i have to process for a second so here's what we would love for you to do rate review subscribe and tell us how much you love us because we are just so lovable (laughs) so lovable but it actually does make a difference and it does help people find this podcast if you like this podcast and you care about Not only, but also, you know, if you drop a little line there on Apple Podcasts and give us a little review, it actually means something. It does. And on Facebook, on Instagram, on any of these kinds of
1: things. Listen, if we in any way have helped you see the both and better, let other people know so they too can see more clearly.
0: We are NOBA Podcast everywhere. Thank you.